The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black with Service Evolution. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jim Robinson. What's up, buddy? How are we doing today? We're doing good. I'm feeling very empathetic. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel that, huh? That's awesome. I can feel that, man. I want to talk about this because I want to jump into the subject. This is something that I think is super important when it comes to running and leading and, and helping teams develop, which is really building trust through empathy and in using that to unleash the power of service. And uh, this is something that I think is right up your alley. And, and so I kind of want to jump into this and give people some insight what is going down here? Let's let's drop let's drop the uh, info bombs. Let's do it. <laughs> the info bombs. I love that, man. Okay, so when it comes to empathy and trust, why do you just kind of give people an overview? Why do you think they're critical for for service industry or for any company, really? Well, we use it as a as an understanding, and we say it's a gift, but it's an understanding of what your client needs, both stated and not stated. Wants and needs, two different things. They don't tell you what they typically want. They tell you what they need. We really spend a lot of time on this with the team, actually, is going through, you know, what what is kind of guiding what their needs and wants are on any specific project or any specific need, yeah. you know, related to a project. And we just use that power of understanding, empathy. What are they going through? You can feel that when you walk into the to the space and you're like, man, they're going through something. They're not telling you, but they're going through something and you can just pick up on it. So power of empathy, we talk about it regularly. We use all kinds of tools to guide that process, actually. Yeah. I think that's a good example of dealing with empathy and using it as a tool to help other people, you know, really kind of do If you could give me like, do you have like an example or a story of something that's happened that, that you could share? Well, Can you give some people kind one of, a of the things idea? we know in leadership roles or the potential of leadership roles is sometimes that darker the past, it gives you a very different understanding, very different empathy towards people. You pick up on things when you have that darker past and it has the potential for something very different in the future, present and future, but it has the potential. So we really got to capitalize on the potential side because some of that darker past can sometimes suppress us. We overinflate it. We make it a bigger story than it is. And then it kind of can consume us and it won't allow us to serve other people using the power of empathy. 
So it's uh, it's really important that we capitalize on whatever we think we had, use that because if it's really diverse, we're able to feel what's happening in the space with an individual and really, really serve them. Nice. I couldn't help but notice there's something going on in your office. Such as? <laughs> like all the balloons? What is going on? Oh, there's a few today balloons. Is. Yeah, they loaded up the balloons today. I got in here today? this morning and they uh, had streamers on my door and they realized I got a year younger today and uh, they got banners hanging in here. There's, I don't know, 500 balloons. I have no idea, but the whole floor and under my desk is packed. Packed, literally packed with balloons. So yeah, it is a, it's a birthday day. Love that, man. That's see that when you have that kind of a uh, team environment at work, it makes it makes a huge difference. I love that, that you know people have the you know the trust and you know and 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 feel the empathy from you enough to be able to like hey I'm gonna give back I'm gonna celebrate Jim celebrate his birthday and potentially hopefully not kill him with all these balloons. <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's funny because up until a couple of years ago nobody knew when my birthdays were and. I had I was in a conference actually, and uh, somebody brought it up that I'm actually cheating people out of their giving opportunity to acknowledge my birthday, and I just never thought of that. And it's uh, now they know, but this is the first time in my th- almost 39 years of running a business that anybody ever decorated my office. And me not know what was happening. That no one's ever done that, ever. And so today is a really special day because they they did impact me. I came in and uh, that's yeah. what I came yeah. into. And, <laughs> and I get to go tell this team because I'm in the Phoenix office. But the, the, I get to go yeah. tell them that they're the first that's ever done that yeah. for me on a birthday. And it's a, it's a little weird for me because, like I say, nobody's ever done that. So. Receiving it is uh, something I'm going to have to tap into some empathy here to figure out how did that happen. And uh, it's a unique day for sure. I think it's great. I especially love it because for those who uh, know you well and are closest to you know how structured and how particular you are about things in your office. Like, you know, you you know where they are and very organized and, you know, that's your... Your mindset is very clean and organized for everything. So I can imagine. I wish I could have been there. Imagine you walking into this chaos. <laughs> it's just when that first, is birthday. When I first walked yeah. in, they had some blaring mariachi music that was singing oh, "Happy awesome. Birthday" from the front desk. They had a, the speaker set up, and a couple of people were standing up there. Literally, as soon as I open the door, I hear the mariachis going, and they're singing "Happy Birthday," and and. Uh, that's a first for me. I had never had that one either. And then I'm sitting here with this enormous cheesecake, birthday cake with candles. Oh, uh-oh. And they clearly have the correct amount of candles because it's uh, about, looks like five. And if, I, if I'm correct, assuming that it's 4.5 <laughs> years per candle times five. Per candle. There you that's go. about where my age is. But it's a hell of a cheesecake. Chocolate, strawberry... All kinds of stuff going on there, but 
Oh my goodness. So yeah, man. it was they were deciding that I was to be impacted today. And they did a masterful job of doing that today, celebrating my birthday. How how does that happen? Like how can leaders foster empathy and trust within their teams? Like what what's it take? Well, the the trust part is is you you only get what you give. And if you're not trusting, I, I can tell you, you're probably the one that's being struggled to feel trusted. So you really got to be able to trust other people. Steve Kobe Jr. wrote, you know, The Speed of Trust. I, that's a great book. Read that book. Uh, mm. Talks about trust, giving the trust. And you can't tie it to anything. And we internally talk about this all the time, but you can't tie a string to what you give. Because if there's a string attached, then that means you're not truly giving. You're actually bribing in some way to receive something back and so you have to give freely no strings attached and the trust is one of those things you have to give very freely if you don't they won't feel trusted if they don't feel trusted they will perform as though they're not trusted and that means they're waiting on somebody else to do something if they don't feel trusted they're waiting on somebody else to do something it means they're not truly going to manage the hundred percent mark they're going to only manage a task of whatever they're being asked. So if they don't feel trusted, they will not perform at 100% ever because they feel as though they're waiting on somebody else to do a portion of it, something related to it. So got to trust 100%, but they, more importantly, they have to feel trusted. And sometimes they can feel that by stating it repeatedly. I trust you 100%, period. And anybody on the team who gets to work with me at some level, they know 100% I trust. I trust wholeheartedly, and they feel that. And they tell me that. I mean, they've had them, thanks for trusting me. Man, this is crazy. You really do trust me. I mean, they it's like almost a doubt thing in themselves. Got to trust. You got to build that. And then that they, they get empowered for the people on their teams. And then all of a sudden, they start trusting those folks, and those people grow. Power of trust grows people. Dang, it's powerful, powerful. You know, I was going to ask you essentially like what to try to break this down for people in strategies. You know, what what can they take away if you're going to give them a strategy or a, I guess a technique? I don't know if you really can do that for building trust or empathy, but maybe what would you say? Um, to well, for for one, for trust, I really kind of have an unfair advantage inherently. I'm very autonomous in how I lead, and so mm. it's I was gifted the ability to be trusted as a child. My mother and father trusted me wholeheartedly. The one that I didn't screw things up because I did my share of that, but <laughs> they instilled trust in me, and they they basically just showed me they trusted me, and. Because of that, I think it inherently created a very autonomous way because they didn't bug me. As long as I followed through and did my thing that they asked of me, they trusted me 100%. And I have that in me. And because of that, it's I trust people, but I'm also very autonomous. So I don't, I don't ride on people. I mean, I ride certain things. If people don't do really good in their job, I get kind of tough on people. And I give them smaller steps. I start getting very granular, which is a very painful place for me to live because there's a control mechanism when you start having to get that granular. It becomes a uh, uh, micromanagement 
and training effort. It's not a space for me, but it is necessary that you have to get in there. You have to do the the small steps, the small action items. You got to break it down, chunk it down. Instead of one big chunk, it's got to go down. And then if you spend time in that space, they'll start to develop more trust. And people feel that. Whatever you give them is what you're going to get back. And you need your team to grow so they can grow their teams, so they can grow their teams, and you know, so mm-hmm. on and so on. So you get four, four to five steps deep. But you have to trust, 100%. So give it, and you'll receive it. If you say, okay, I trust you, and then you go to a closed-door meeting and say, man, I just really don't trust Johnny. You're going to get exactly what is in your head, not what you're stating. You're going to get what you're thinking, not what you're stating. That's important to understand that because if you kind of not authentically tell somebody that you trust them and it wasn't true, genuine, authentic, they're going to feel what you're actually saying to them. I trust you with limitations. Mm. I trust you a little bit this time. And that means you either do or you don't. And if you trust a little bit, you're going to get a little bit. You need to get 100%. And unless you trust them wholeheartedly, you're not going to get it. I'm telling you, the, the team member will be waiting on somebody else to do some portion of the task, whatever it is. They're going to be waiting on somebody if they don't feel 100% trusted. You got to trust. When you're, when you're managing teams and you're running a business, do you feel like there's a fine line between being so autonomous and then maybe being having it where the people feel like you're just indifferent to them? Right. Like that, that you, that you, maybe that you don't care as much. I think they're, I mean, I think for some people they could go too far. Right. And then they feel like, uh, well, they're, you know, that leader is just not involved. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, in my mind's eye, it's, it, it's it totally good. made sense what I was saying. It. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm thinking of okay. no. There's uh okay. So I always say you're either autonomous, you know, or you're somewhere in the middle, or you're you're controlling. And yeah. if you're a micromanager, of course you're micromanaging, and it's like you're hyper training all the time. That's exhausting yeah. for the for the manager, of course. It's oh, yeah. exhausting for the individual. The autonomous sometimes on the on the people. Not on my side, but on the people side, they sometimes feel just kind of freedom to do everything versus yeah. get really focused. So we really have to make sure we're staying one on our mission, defining what our vision is, where are we going, what are we doing, and then trust them to take care of whatever, you know, one, two, three, four, five. We say five to thrive or ten to win. And mm. if you get them focused on those things, step away. Don't be always interjecting on the how. Just define the what and the who, and then yeah. have a check-in about that. But let them fly, man. Let them go. Trust them. Can you integrate trust and empathy in, in a mission statement? I mean, is that something you can, like, I don't know. What, what, can you incorporate that? It's not written in our statement specifically, but if you give the mission, the mission is what you do every day. So no. if everybody's actually fulfilling the mission, that's the that's the action items, the the report to duty each day. You have to trust them to follow that. If you haven't explained that and re-explained it, and there's some buy-in and understanding of what your mission is, they're going to go all different directions. 
And if yeah. you're really autonomous, they'll go a million different directions. So you really got to talk about that. But that's just meetings. That's just regular engagement. And that's not control mechanisms. That's really just defining what our mission is. Here's what, here's what we do. We're going to serve these people, and this is how we're going to do it. So funny, as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's core values. <laughs> that's really about culture. You know, it's the behaviors that yeah. the company exhibits. It's not so much the mission. But then, you then you know, that's that, you know, how you're completing your mission is with empathy and trust. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about service. We're here to serve people, and you can just put that as your mission statement. We're just here to serve. <laughs> yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Serve. In your experience, how do you feel like empathy contributes to customer satisfaction and loyalty instead, as opposed to your teams, or is it all the same? I people empathy. You know, understanding what they're going through. Because they're going to tell you, you know, on that pain point about the flood and the store shut down, you know, yeah. for us, whatever oh, yeah. that looks like. Empathy is empathy. There's no, it doesn't say it, it's, you know, applicable in this space and not this. It's across the board. And you can pick up on whatever that employee, that that customer, you can pick up on when they're going through a bad day or not. Well, yeah. Doesn't matter what the does. vertical is. I think it does impact growth. I, I mean, I know it ha- It has to, right? Because in order for anyone to grow or a company to grow or add more revenue, add more clients, you have to really understand the client and be empathetic to who they are and what they're going through. If, if you don't, you're really just guessing. And, ge- yeah. and guessing in business, you'll never go find any of the rules in the, in the playbook of business not in your mm-hmm. MBA's program or anywhere. You're never going to find line two. Just guess at everything. <laughs> Shoot from here, man. It, it doesn't work. And sometimes you do, <laughs> but it's not one of the rules. You do have to guess sometimes, but it, it isn't a rule. You got to use yeah. all the other processes and systems and empathy is a, is a big tool. All right, man. Well, that's a great place. We're going to stop for a second. We're going to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Let's do it. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326. Or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Service Evolution, the best service-related podcast on the freaking planet. I'm telling you. Just saying. It was good. I just call it like I see it, man. I trust, good stuff. I trust that that is factual. It is. You can look it up. That's scientific. Uh, it's probably on Wikipedia. It is. It is. You know, if it's not about to go to Wikipedia, <laughs> you can read that I'm in. about to get at it. <laughs> so... 
we are talking about trust and empathy today. And, you know, and so far we've covered a lot. I mean, really the development of your team, you know, how it relates to your, your clients, the, the, the growth, the success of your clients. I want to know how do you measure and evaluate the level of empathy and trust that you've established with your team and with your customers? How, how do you measure something like this? Because everyone's wanting to go, I want to know if we're, we're succeeding and we're winning. How do we measure this? And I, I have no idea. <laughs> how do you do it, man? So I think the terminology of today's generation is, is your feels. <laughs> your feels? Oh, no, he did not. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's one of the words I've heard in the hallway. The feels, um, man. The younger the generation likes to abbreviate things, tighten it up. And um, yeah. it's the feels. And the feels are really important because you f- you can feel others. When you actually feel others, you feel everybody. And you can really pick up on what they're going through, not going through. One of the chapters in the book that we have written is, I call it in, in sickness and in health. And it has to do with when somebody's going to be sick from the office. And through empathy, being able to feel what they're going through in some kind of way, I've been able to write a chapter about that in understanding when they're going to be sick, possibly why. And then I even go farther in describing some of the ailments they will end up having. That's empathy that's given me that perspective of Mm. when people will be out of the office and why. We've, we've talked about the 90-day checkout. You know, I've written some content on that even. About 90 days, people check out, and they just get the I don't want to, the blue, the blue day. And you can shorten that to 10 minutes, or you can have it at 10 days, or you can end up with it for three or four weeks. And that's where people start becoming sick. That's when they start calling out. That's when, you know, they got all kinds of challenges. I limit that description to about six different categories, but it's... Empathy and understanding when that's going to happen, that's how I discovered it. That's how I came up with the idea that, whoa, this is happening to me. Surely it's happening to somebody else. And I'm able to control mine. I do things with state change and some other things, but I can control that. Unless you know about that, nobody's really controlling that. So we do a pretty good job teaching that internally about, okay, there's an ID check. Oh, here's it coming. What's going to happen? And through empathy, I've been able to develop some of that knowledge and some of that perspective of, you know, what's really happening. Give me some insight on that. So I can almost tell you, based on schedule, when they're checking out and what that's going to look like. And they just have an off day sometimes. You can tell in the office, they just have an off day. We all do. So what? Yeah. Tomorrow will be better. And it may be a 10-minute little chinga. Or maybe forever. <laughs> could be. Could be. And I can could tell be. you. It could I, be like, I'm giving up, I'm checking out, and I'm leaving my van by the road. Yeah. You know? It could be. <laughs> it, it could be extreme, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be as long as we manage that and have disciplines about it. Today, I can tell you, I didn't have a great morning. And yeah. it was, I came in here, and then all this stuff everywhere that I've never experienced before, there was a reason that happened. And it was to change my state. It was to change my perspective of what was going on. It was just a a tough morning for me. I'm still going. Certainly started my day early, but it wasn't easy today. And we all have those days. 
So empathy gives it's us that power to understand what that means and what it looks like for each person and everybody on the team. I can tell you almost all big degree of accuracy as to when that checkout's coming. It's really interesting to me. I, it, you know, it kind of feels like empathy and how that plays a role in communication with your team and policies with your team. Do you think, I mean, I know some companies have literally have mental sick days, mental checkout days. And they encourage people, hey, if you need a mental, you know, rest day or whatever it is they call it, take it. And I think that's that could be a, certainly a development of having good empathy uh, and, and, and trust with your team, knowing that they're going to take the day and they'll come back and they'll make up in productivity because they'll feel better. Well, we haven't done that yet. Well... And years, <clears throat> a, years ago, somebody came up with that whole Saturday, <laughs> Sunday off thing. And I'm like, man, just that's a great time to get yourself in check. That's right. That's right. Bigger companies have some bigger fear factors. They're scared to death, you know, of employment. They have bigger fear factor, bigger bullseye. There's a lot of things they need to look at. We, we definitely are looking, you know, uh, bigger health plans, bigger mental health uh, coverage. We're doing yeah. all that research even as we speak. We're looking into other options on those things. But I don't ever wake up in a fear factor. We wake up and we're going in faith. We believe things are possible and we're going to succeed with everybody. And we convey that. And if you look at all of our employees, they really pretty much have that same thing. 99 out of 100, 9 out of 10 uh, have that same opinion. We have a couple of... You know, people get through the door sometimes that may not be in the right seat or even on the right bus. And we'll make those shifts, but for now, we're... For now. What what role do you feel like effective communication? So I was just thinking about how that works with a company with policies and procedures and communication in general, but what role do you feel like effective communication plays in building empathy and trust with your team? For us, uh, I've... uh, publicly tell all you people on the team i just say i'm not a big rule guy so this company isn't founded on a bunch of rules and we've personally i've done tons of study we've i've been in courses and classes about rules what it does to people we're not a control mechanism as i said earlier i'm super autonomous and because of that i didn't want to have a whole bunch of rules i like things to be simple i like to trust people to do the right thing the right thing means doing things for the greater good. It's got to serve a greater purpose. That's what I consider doing the right thing. Not self-serving, but ethno-serving. More people, bigger picture. So that's, that's really what it is. We have procedures, but that's not to be confused with policy. We don't do a whole bunch of policy writing. Our handbook is pretty small compared to most it's, it's yeah. really small or driver policy three four pages i don't want a bunch of rules i don't want to try to strong arm people and yeah there's all kinds of legal things nowadays you got to worry about not worry about but be concerned about but we're just not going to bank a bunch of rules because of it yeah that makes sense when you are among your peers among other coaches and, and authors and even people that you're coaching, are you or have you run into stories about people having challenges with or obstacles that they may face, you know, when they're trying to promote empathy in their in their culture or their because not everyone really wants to get on that 
<laughs> get on that uh, that boat. You know, they're like, ah, I don't, know. I don't need you all in my life for my, you know, or in my in my, my time feels. or like. I don't my feels, man. My feels. I don't. Yeah, I don't need the vibe check right now. You know, you know. <laughs> but so, are are you? Have you heard of people trying to implement kind of trust building and and uh, or empathy building policies or procedures or or like you said, you know, with an organization and then having pushback? I can tell you, I've been coaching for twenty, man, better than twenty years. And we've been in business 39 years. And I can tell you that if there's somebody that's leading, it's because they have empathy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever come across somebody in my circles that they're in a true leadership role and they lack empathy. So I think it's an inherent characteristic that you're going to have empathy. That's part of how you're growing is because you're impacting people because you genuinely care and you have the feels for for other people. <laughs> Dude, you so know, funny. you know when you need to step in and yeah. good leaders also need to know when to step out and not, you know, intervene, not butt in because it's not always welcome. That empathy is not always, uh, at least if it's spoken and guiding, it's not always welcomed. And so leaders do have to be careful. But I would tell you that if I'm talking to leaders, there's a there's a 99.9% chance they, they are empathetic. It's what got sure. them to this role. I think, like you're saying, not everyone that they lead may necessarily fit in that category, though, right? For well, sure. I don't know. There are people who are just not empathetic to other people. Yeah. You know, I think they're mailmen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I think you, when you sit down with people and you get past that first rough phase, you know, where they're trying to be that hyper egocentric, you know, self centered yeah. piece. When you get yeah. beyond that, it goes deeper. And that empathy is in there. You just got to find a way to tap into that source because people get guarded. They don't want the feels. You know, today, some of the generation just tells you everything. Yeah. There's no feels with what they're telling you. There's no empathy in what they're actually explaining. They're wanting you to feel something for them that they don't even feel themselves in some cases. Mm. So it's they're they're trying to give you, uh, give you some kind of a feeling about what I'm experiencing, even though I may not even be experiencing it. So it's very unique, but true genuine empathy is in there. You just got to go pull it out sometimes. That's very interesting. Hmm. Well, looking ahead, as we kind of wrap up here, how do you see the importance of empathy and trust evolving? in the future of the service industry, for example, like is, how is it going to play out as things continue to change here? And, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen next <laughs> in our, in this, uh, in, in business and what's going on in our marketplace. But, you know, how do you see that kind of evolving? Well, that's a, that's a really loaded, great question is how <laughs> does it really play out? One thing in, in my leadership lessons in my life is, is I control what I can control and I contribute in every possible way to driving that result and how I see it, what my vision for the world is. If all leaders are doing that, I presume they are. And we don't tune into the news and we don't tune into these negative socials, then we can continue to inspire, impact and lead in our own space in a very positive, constructive way. 
You mentioned the market. Well, marketeers are brilliantly sabotaging the way we all think that doom and gloom is tomorrow morning or it's going to happen next week. And then when they can't get real specific, they get very ambiguous and they just say, it's on the way. It's going to happen in a minute or two or a couple of months or six months or one year. They get very ambiguous because they simply don't have a clue. They're really just anticipating, but they're marketeers first, and they're really just trying to paint this picture because it it gets ratings. As a leader for our companies, I don't do that. I simply state some facts, and I give my interpretation, but I say it that way. Here's my interpretation of what I'm seeing. And so um, I'm, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I just don't get up thinking that way, and I don't market that way. I, uh, we've just never done that. So the folks that are doing, you know, creating all that content, what if we never heard any of that content? Literally. be interesting. And if you just do the what if thing, what if we never did? If you don't use what if in a negative, but you use what if in a positive, and you just say what if sure. we never experienced all that negativity, wouldn't it be a more positive place tomorrow? That, that just seems like a very easy solution to a lot of this. Does it stop the government? Maybe it changes the government and their asinine approach to everything they do. They lack leadership. They, they completely lack leadership. We see this across the board. But what if, what if we as leaders really impacted our companies that impacted their neighborhoods, that impacted their cities, that impacted their states and impacted the world? What if we did yeah. it that way? Wouldn't our government even be better? Because we're what if our government actually had trust and empathy? (laughs) What a concept! What a concept! Yeah, yeah, man. I we can impact shut out the negatives, shut off the socials, and uh, be very focused, be very diligent, be very intentional. How we lead our, our teams, our groups whatever that or our companies make sure we're impacting yeah. so they can impact families and neighborhoods and then that can impact cities and maybe we'll be impacting our government in a more positive way as well yeah i think there's definitely up markets and down markets good times and bad times i think trust and empathy you know as we talk about today and how important it is in our industry and really every every business setting that it becomes even more important when things aren't going the way they should Everything is controlled by people, either positive mm-hmm. or negative, but it's only people that's controlling it. There's no like other mechanism. AI is trying to control a lot of things, but people are what wrote AI. They are snatching up our content as we surf, as we do whatever it is. AI is an extension of people in some degree, and it's got its own living organism, and positive or negative or otherwise. People are still impacting people. So If it's a negative day in the government, it's people. How are we impacting people? How are we leading? That's really what we got to get focused on. All right, man. Well, that's a great final advice. We'll wrap it up from there. And uh, I trust that you had a great time on this podcast with me because I did. It was a lot of fun. Thank (laughs) you, buddy. Thank you for doing it on your birthday. I really uh, appreciate that. And um, I'm glad you could join me. Hell of a gift today. Thanks for the gift. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> all right well i trust that everyone else who's listening to this podcast will uh, who is doing that is enjoying what we're doing and if you are give us a like 
if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, hit subscribe. And then uh, if you're on the tube and you're getting the feels hit from the us, button. hit the feels, hit the button, man. You know, uh, give us a like on there and subscribe and leave us a comment. And then until next time, we'll, we'll see you at the next podcast. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much. Have an outstanding day.